This is the EWN Podcast Network. Defining confidence means being very sure of what you're presenting and presenting it in a way that makes sense to the buyer so that you're really trying to convince them. Another way of looking at it is every time I've hired somebody, I've always looked for attitude and then I've taught skill. But if they don't have the right attitude, I can't teach them the skill. It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Network Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. On today's show, we're headed to Victoria, British Columbia and to the front lines of sales with Jane Johnston, a realtor with Remax Camosun and a certified trainer with Codebreaker Technologies. Jane will share her perspective on how to increase your sales by listening, looking for cues, and speaking the customer's language. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and the LinkedIn Lifestyle, Secrets and Strategies to be a LinkedIn star. Timing. Do you believe in karma, timing, signs from God, something? Well, I had one of those magical moments this past week. I was taping an interview with Serena Talbot, an eWomen Network member here in Milwaukee. We were taping a pod class. It's a new thing that I'm doing called a pod class. And it's just like it sounds. It's a podcast that we're going to do as classes. Anyway, we were doing a pod class on small business burnout. And it absolutely blew my mind. She's a therapist and she's brilliant. And I'm so fired up about what she shared with me, I just have to tell you. In the class, we talked about burnout and what it looks like for a small business owner. Some of the symptoms are saying yes too much, feeling like you're never good enough, being a perfectionist, and never being able to turn it off. Never being able to turn it off. That one hit me like a ton of bricks. Are you driven in that way? The way that you're always thinking about what you're doing 24-7? I know I am. She really crushed me with this thought. If you're working around the clock, the only person, the only person that's asking you to do that is you. As an entrepreneur, you don't have a boss. You don't have anyone to report to but yourself. So is this the life that you wanted to live? Is this why you started a business? It took me a few days to think about that. I ended up taking two days off. It was the first weekend I had taken off in months. I hit golf balls. I barbecued. I caught up on some home projects. I just chilled. And when I came back, I had a stronger plan for my time. And I was more in touch with my business being a job and not a lifestyle. It sure is easy to watch that thing creep, isn't it? And I was lucky because I got in front of this thing and a handle on it before it went too far. We'll see how I do. The information in Serena's talk will be released as a pod class you'll be able to take later in the summer. I'll make sure to share more information on the Idea Coach pod class, Small Business Burnout, as we get closer to its release. On today's show, we're digging in on the lifeblood of our business, sales. Our guest is Jane Johnston, a realtor with Remax Camosun and a certified trainer with Codebreaker Technologies. She lives in Victoria, British Columbia, where she was the eWomen Network Managing Director for five years. If you want to get better at selling, Jane is ready to help. 
Jane, let's start here. Why are some people seemingly just predisposed to be salespeople? And some are just convinced that they're not a salesperson at all. Well, I think if you look at sales as a version of service, I think that's actually the root word for sales is service. Then you're providing help to somebody. You're giving them education, information. Then you're not salesy. So I think the problem that people have is that selling versus being salesy. And salesy is when you have what I call commission breath. When you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I want to say. You have to think about what's best for your clients. So for instance, today I got an email from a client who said they weren't interested in a property. They were going to hold off on buying for now. And I'm like, that's okay, because that's the best decision for you at this time. I had an opinion about where the market's going. And when you're ready, let me know and I'll have a conversation with you. I think you have to always play the long game. And so if you play the long game, then you're interested in how the client is going to benefit as opposed to making the sale. And then that's not salesy. So the answer to your question really is, you have to listen, look for cues. And then speak the buyer's language. All right. Well, those are three good things right there. You just dropped on us, right? Listen, look for cues, and speak the buyer's language. I'm sure there's knowledge between each one of those three steps. Can you share? Sure. So I use a program called Bank Code. And when somebody comes and says they're interested in a property, what I'm doing is listening to how they're describing what they're interested in. And what this does is it actually shortens the sales process for the buyer as well as me. So if they want a certain community, if they want a certain house, then what happens is I'm slotting in my head where they're going to fit in the community. I'm also going to speak their language. So if they're a nurturer, they're going to be interested in knowing like what's going on in the schools, what's the neighborhood like, who their neighbors are, is there a playground around, what sort of community amenities are available. Some people just want to know all the facts. So they're like knowledge people. So I'm going to talk to them the way they want to hear. And you find when you look at houses, like people will start saying like, well, you know, what's the age of the house? What's the square footage? How long has this been here? And you just have to give them the data that they want. Other people just want to know what the steps are to the process. Show me the house I like and then explain it all. So If you are able to identify that early on, A, you get off on a better foot with them because they're more comfortable, and B, you streamline the process in a way that makes sense for them. That reminds me of the love languages theory, that you're using the language that that person wants to hear. Essentially the same concept? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give a gift to somebody who wants praise. Interesting. So besides not making a sale, okay, by not having the numbers that you're looking for, Are there any universal signs that maybe you're not a good seller? Like things that people are telling you or observations or behaviors that your clients give you that make you think, maybe you better brush up on this other than just not making sales, but like any things that clients or customers do that you might want to be looking out for that would tell you, yeah, I better brush up on this because I'm not a very good seller. I think what you always have to brush up on is your knowledge. So you have to keep up to date with what's happening, especially in real estate. It changes all the time like two weeks and you can be out of date. Definitely don't be arrogant because they just get turned off and you see them look away. Mm. (laughs) I think you have to always remain humble. How do you know when you're not reaching somebody? 
I think you just have to listen to your intuition and see if they're getting turned off. Mm -hmm. And they do that by changing the subject or not answering the calls. Or in real estate, it can be very painful. Like you don't get the listing. You come out thinking, I wrapped it. (laughs) And then you realize, you did it. (laughs) It's a big kick in the pants. And I think for me, I actually just went through my basement during COVID-19 and found some old marketing materials. And I'm like, that was pretty good. I should do that again. Like always go back to the basics. If you had someone you were trying to train and coach up on being a better seller, and you could only do one or the other, would you teach them more powerful techniques? Or would you try and build up their confidence? Like which one is more a part of accomplishing a sales goal? Like having the internal belief that, hey, I can do this? Or maybe learning some of the tactics and techniques that you need to be a more proficient seller. I don't like to be so calculating, but the confidence is what sells in the end. Because the confidence comes from a belief that you're doing the right thing for somebody. So I would help them be confident. Some people, you know, they have presence. And people just naturally gravitate towards them. I don't know if you can learn confidence. Mm -hmm. You can learn arrogance. Sure. (laughs) Defining confidence means being very sure of what you're presenting and presenting it in a way that makes sense to the buyer so that you're really trying to convince them. Another way of looking at it is every time I've hired somebody, I've always looked for attitude and then I've taught skill. But if they don't have the right attitude, I can't teach them the skill. That's a great answer. That is like, is it the nature or the nurture, right? Is who they are or how you're going to teach them to become a competent or excellent seller. And that listening and understanding the client's needs seems to be so important. When some people and most people, I would think, who aren't really thinking about it consciously are coming at sales from, like you said before, commission breath, and they're trying to make a sale and convince someone as opposed to listening to the client and really understanding that they're there to service them. It's a change in mindset. Well, and also, like I think that sales is a lot like dating, especially in real estate. You're going to be spending a lot of time with somebody and you have to like that person. If you're in it just for the money, you're not going to live through that sale. You're just going to kill yourself by the end if you don't like that person. And then you won't get to date again. And that's no referrals and no continued buying down the road, right? Well, I've mentored a lot of new realtors. And one of them last year had just the most awful buyer. And sometimes buyers choose realtors because they can manipulate them and get the realtor to do what they want. And we have an ethical responsibility to fiduciary duties. And so sometimes we're asked to do stuff and you just have to be strong and say no. And this buyer put this realtor through hell. And I said to her at the end, what did you learn? She goes, I learned to work with people I like. It's not worth it because it's like you're being drained. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that make-believe new hire that you just made. Let's say, Bink, you just hired somebody and they've got the right attitude. What are some of the things that you're doing in the first weeks or months to try and get them going on the right track? You've got someone that's got the it factor that you're looking for, but you now have to get them going in the right direction to improve their sales process so they start bringing in money. What would you do with them early on? The first thing I've done with them is give them systems and processes so that they're comfortable. 
A second thing I've done is explain the bank code program and just learning how to read people more effectively. And then the third thing is just getting them out face-to-face, belly-to-belly with customers so that they get the confidence up. And then we do a lot of scripting work. So we get them practicing what the conversation is going to be like. There's lots of paperwork now in British Columbia for real estate. So just getting them to go through those processes in a smooth manner so that the appearance of confidence is there. We're going to continue with Jane in a minute and ask her about price. How can we get the price we're asking for in a sales negotiation? We'll also lean on her experience as a managing director to get her advice on how to get the most out of our eWomen Network membership. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm using Cultivating Sales to not only organize my clients and partners, but I'm using it to manage this worldwide podcast. With this one program, I built and host the show webpage where guests can apply, book their date, and subscribe. It also manages their email communication and the Lift As We Climb VIP text program. This one program has replaced so many other subscriptions, it practically pays for itself. Stay close to your customers with texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, and even a website builder. Get the secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. That's cultivatingsales.com slash lift. Also, the LinkedIn lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. Before I worked with the LinkedIn lady, my LinkedIn, well, it was a hot mess. Then she introduced me to the LinkedIn lifestyle, and now I'm loaded with daily content ideas. My profile views are up. My engagement is better than before. If you're trying to do business on LinkedIn, join me and lead the LinkedIn lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Watch your profile views and post performance soar with these tips. Trust me, they work. Get the report free now at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star. And The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. I just launched the Idea Collective for small business owners, and Jamie and the team at The Expressory are blowing my members' minds. When a new member signs up, The Expressory team is automatically alerted to send a personalized surprise welcome gift right to their doorstep. The members are so surprised that they talk about my group on social media, and they feel more connected to the mission. If you're ready for more repeat customers, social media love, and bigger billing, get the Expressory team working for you. If you want a few ideas, text HOME to 414-240-1315 for the Work From Home Care Package Catalog sent instantly to your phone from the Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. I'm telling you, this is a total small business cheat code. Offer ends June 30th, 2020. It's time to hear more from Jane Johnston. One of the stumbling blocks of a sales conversation is the presentation of the price and getting your buyer to understand the value. Jane, when you're coaching a salesperson, how do you coach them to present the price? Well, there's one thing that a seller always says, and they say, I don't want to give it away. And then a buyer always says, I don't want to pay too much. So the balance between those is perceived market value. And it has to be an arm's length process. 
when somebody is interested in a property, what I do is I educate them about what's going on. So let's say they're buying in a condo. I'll show them all the condos that have listed and sold and show them pictures so I can talk about the finishings. Where that's hard in the process is when I've seen way more properties than they have. So you really want to try and bring them up to speed quickly. So I actually don't suggest a price. I suggest a strategy. Depending on days on market, you can go lower. Longer days on market, there's more price elasticity. And then I also look at where we are in the year because there's seasonal fluctuations. So if you want to buy a house and get a deal in Victoria, buy it in November and December. Because anybody who's selling right then is highly motivated. And anyone who's buying there is also highly motivated. And usually it'll close before Christmas. So you can get a quick transaction and get them in. And everybody's happy because people, when they ask, why is a seller selling? What they really are asking is what is the motivation behind the seller selling? So I'm trying to figure out the motivation when I'm walking through the property for the seller. Are there only men's or women's clothes in the closet? Is it a divorce? Have they already got their packing boxes in the garage? So once we can sort of figure out what the seller's motivation or the buyer's motivation of representing the seller, then usually we can work with that and remind people why they're buying and selling. And usually we can get them to a place where they're in that overlap of what the seller's willing to let it go for, what the buyer wants to pay. So some of that great experience was starting to show. So I got to follow up because you were talking about, oh, men's clothes only and packing boxes in the garage. Are there other unique things like that that you're looking for? You're walking through the house that you can share with us because that stuff is really valuable. Well, we also look at also the type of clothing that they have here because we're in a military town. So often those people are posted and they're more motivated to sell quickly. You can tell why they're selling based on the type of commission that's offered. It's comparable, but it's spelt out a different way. So that's another key. And then other things we look for is the location. So if it's close to a university or college, then we know that it's likely an investment property and they're selling because it's the end of the year and they're sick and tired of having tenants or something. Yeah, I mean, some people like builders just don't negotiate because they're all about the bottom line. So you're more likely to get a deal if you buy from a person as opposed to a company. Awesome. Let's talk about getting better by cracking the buying code. You mentioned that there's a process that you can run people through and you have a discount code or an offer about crack the buying code. Can you tell us about the website and what you were talking about? So you go to codebreakertech.com forward slash Jane Johnston and you're presented with four cards. And the first one is a Blueprint and it gives you the values of a Blueprint person. So they're usually, they like structure. It's blue because they tend to be in very conservative jobs like government or police work where they follow the same process over and over again. They like policies and procedures. They're impressed by things like people with degrees. And then the second one is action. So the values for that person is they like freedom, spontaneity. They're very competitive. They like to win. I'm one of those people. <laughs> they're great because they make quick decisions. Yeah. And then the nurturer, their value is community, harmony. They are natural, usually in some sort of caring relationship with somebody, either a support person or 
they're a daycare teacher. And then the fourth one is knowledge. A lot of people confuse knowledge with blueprint, but knowledge is they're big picture thinkers or visionaries. They like data just for the sake of getting data. Like a high knowledge person when they're purchasing a property is an awful experience because they will go to the nth degree just to find out the information, even if they don't like the property. And I'm like, do you like this property? No. Okay, let's move on. That's the whole reason. So just understanding that you're a combination of all of those four. And like I'm action knowledge or action nurture. All three of those are very similar. So when I make a decision, I look at the community, I look at the environment, and I want to know all the data. I'm like the worst client. (laughs) (laughs) But I make a quick decision. Do you run all of your clients through that code so you know who you're dealing with? I do. It's called speed coding. So I analyze them. Yeah, and sometimes I'm wrong. But most of the time, I'm right. And I figure out what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you take this code, do you learn about yourself and you can operate better or you can give that to a partner and learn more about them or both? I mean, what do you do with the data once you find it? That's a great question. So often people, the unexpected side effect is they end up in a better relationship with their partner because they realize, oh my God, that's why he's doing it. (laughs) Uh Aha! It was a big revelation to me that my husband was high knowledge. I'm like... That's why he researches a car to the nuts and bolts. And then a year later, the new version comes out and starts the whole process over again. Yep. They like perfection. High knowledge people like perfection and they get stuck. And so if, if some new factor comes in, it just throws them back to step one. That sounds fascinating. I'm definitely going to check that out. Let's talk about your time as being a managing director for the Victoria British Columbia chapter. What was that like? How long did you did it? Tell us about that. I was a managing director for five years. I got voluntold into the position <laughs> yep. by the members. We had a very strong managing director prior to that, and she was my mentor, and I had taken over for her for a few meetings. So when her parents were passing away, people just said, oh, Jane can do it. So I loved it. It's a very interesting job because it gives you influence in the community. And also, it gives you an opportunity to have a really in-depth discussion with people about needs and wants and where their business is going. And so that led to more work in mentoring in my own business. I found people in eWomen Network work on a continuum. So usually they come in and they're brand new entrepreneurs and they follow the what they call the complete success system. And then now I'm a platinum member And I just find the level of women who've reached platinum who are at the higher end is just extraordinary. They're all leaders in their field. E-Women Network is interesting because, especially in Victoria, it's very heart-centered. So everybody really cares. It's an awesome community. Do you find that in your chapter? Absolutely. I'm in the Milwaukee chapter with Jamie Shibley and Jennifer Buchholz and Rhonda Nordyke. And our leaders are very much... They're great business people, but it is a much different vibe than any other networking room or professional organization that I'm in. It's all about success of the person and success of the business, not one or the other. And it's just unique. There aren't other places like it. Yeah. And we did a lot of uh, fundraising when I was the managing director. We had like a, a grant every year for somebody in the community. And I feel like that's a really important part of that organization. Yeah, for sure. 
So one thing that I know that you do for others is help them understand how they get the most out of their membership. Can you talk about what people should be doing to get the most out of their membership? Well, number one, show up. Number two, follow up. And number three, participate in the... Do you guys have a Facebook group? Yeah. Yeah. So participate in that. And then do the extra stuff like the power of three. If you're going to promote yourself, you're going to have opportunities there where you bring people in and then you can be a business matchmaker. And that gives you time in front of the group. That cannot be underestimated how important taking a leadership role is and showing up consistently. People just respect you so much more. And be part of the leadership team because you get to introduce yourself every month. You can shape the organization. I think the biggest mistake people make is they think that it's the managing director's group and they leave because they don't like the managing director or they leave because of this. And I'm like, you know what? You have to take responsibility for your own membership. And if you are going to complain about how the director is, just remember when you point that finger, you have three pointing back at you and you got to look at yourself. And if you see a problem, you have to go and fix it. It's an underestimated position. You don't make a lot of money doing it. And as I said, I always looked at it as my way of giving back. And I think that people have to think when they come into membership of that, of giving first, right? And then sharing. What about conference? Are you headed to conference in October? I hope so. I'm actually scheduled to speak on stage. That's the other thing. E-Women Network has awesome opportunities. So the podcast network, the speaking on the stage, the SOAR program, I've done them all. The only issue is the border may be closed. I didn't even think of that. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Yes, that would be a problem to get to Dallas if the border was closed. Yeah, and I'm in a place right now where there's no COVID-19 now because we've all been really good. And so to go to Texas is a bit scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, I had Sandra on the show a couple of weeks ago and she described how much they're investing in the virtual technology and how you'll be able to participate. But as someone that was scheduled to be on stage, we have to find a way for you to get there. You can't miss that. I know. I could drive, I guess. I don't know. I have to say, they've done a great job at providing different opportunities now, especially for the Platinum members with the Platinum SBIs, Strategic Business Introductions. I think it's really great. I think it differentiates a membership at a local level now. I've heard great things about the Platinum program that, like you say, you're like the fourth person that's told me how amazing it is. Now it's just a totally different playing field. And the people in the room are off the charts. I mean, can you share a little bit more about the Platinum program and how much of a valuable experience that is? So there's a conference every year with Sandra where she does three business days of intensive training. She's really responsive to everybody's needs, but the questions are really high level. There's some procedural stuff, but mostly it's high level. So you get a lot of good information that you can take away and apply to your own business. They also gave the opportunity for speaking on the stage this year to the Platinum people first. So every three weeks, I'm sitting with Kim Yancey and a dozen other women and practicing my speech and getting feedback from people who are like so awesome. The other thing is at the conference, they have a little bit of a social for the Platinum people. And so what you do is you develop friendships with these people that outlast 
the conference. So, and then when you go to the platinum conference itself, it's kind of deepened. So I've just found if you want to get better at something, hang around with people who are doing it better than you. So that's what I did. Well, we certainly did that today, learning from you about sales and how to get the most out of our membership, a little bit about Platinum, and our fingers are crossed that we'll be able to see you perform in Dallas in October. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, if we keep talking with expert sellers like Jane, we could grow our businesses around here. A big thank you to Jane Johnston, a realtor with Remax Camosin and a certified trainer with Codebreaker Technologies for coming on the show. If you're enjoying the show, you need to hop in as a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's simple, easy, and free. Just text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's LIFT to 414-240-1315. You'll get a reminder when new shows are released. We're also doing some giveaways from time to time, which is just, you know, an added bonus to listening. Last thing, we're still looking for great guests this summer. If you have something that you'd like to share, I want to highlight members along with our premier success coaches, managing directors, and VIPs. Visit liftaswecleimpodcast.com and you can apply to be on the show. Make sure to apply today before this list gets too darn long. Visit liftaswecleimpodcast.com and apply today. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. The LinkedIn Lifestyle, Secrets and Strategies to Be a LinkedIn Star, and Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and a Premier Success Coach for the eWomen Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the eWN Podcast Network.